Hello, and welcome back to Friday Nights at Blockbuster. This is the podcast about the best movies, most popular movies of the 2000s. So I'm Kate Valley, And I'm Kieran Valley. Uh, but before we get into this week's topic, I had one or two other things I was going to talk about. And Kieran said, no, we have to discuss Oppenheimer again. Yeah, it's not like we haven't <laughs> done that already. But no, the reason I wanted to do it was because this weekend you were able to see Oppenheimer. We went as a nice family. We went as a family. And um, you, I think you guys graciously pushed it off until Sunday to allow me to read as much of the book as I possibly could. Yes, because I knew um, that's what you wanted. And I, I sort of, I hit a point and then I was sort of like, okay, I can't really start the next chunk of this book and get halfway through. And, and sort of, so I, I sort of stopped reading at a certain point. Oh, okay. And then, and then, we, and then we went to the movie. But um, obviously people know how I feel about the movie. I was on record a week or two ago saying that I think that this will be considered Christopher Nolan's greatest movie, best movie anyways, um, sort of within, you know, the years to come. But obviously people are interested. How did you feel about Oppenheimer? I loved it. I had a few qualms, a few things I wasn't crazy about, but that's more, I guess, maybe a personal preference or just a lack of understanding for my part. I think mom kind of said it best. They don't hold your hand. No. There's no, no. There's no hand holding. So you get introduced to a ton of characters quite quickly. And if you're not super quick or if you're not, your memory's not the best or whatever way you want to phrase it, you do kind of get a little bit lost on who some of the people are sometimes. Um, and so that was my biggest drawback is every once in a while I would, somebody would be talking or somebody would be talking to Oppenheimer and I would kind of be like, okay, so who were you again? Like, what's what's your field? What's your thing? Are you a friend of his? Are you not crazy about him? Like, that was kind of confusing to me every once in a while. I really enjoyed the multiple timelines. I thought it was probably the most seamless that I've seen Nolan do them. Um, they were all quite distinct and their own, but it, none of them felt odd in comparison to the other ones. Like sometimes when I'm thinking back to his um, memento, like having one go forwards and one go backwards, if you're not always kind of thinking about it, you might get a little bit lost. Whereas this one, it was super easy to keep track of it. And then I know people kind of, and I've said it too, like a three-hour movie, just the thought of a three-hour movie sometimes is exhausting on its own. But I didn't notice that this was three hours. No, no. <laughs> like at all. I think that's like, that is one of the things that I, so far, I think has been quite unanimous from a lot of people. Now, some people aren't wild about the story in the third hour, where it's yes. more or less the two court cases, the, the two trials taking place simultaneously. But I, I haven't heard one person sort of been like, this dragged. This was no. slow. This was, you know, it is fast. This is a fast moving movie. And um, yeah, like it, it really, I, I sort of assumed that there would be stretches of five minutes or 10 minutes here or there on a second watch where I'd sort of be like, okay, like, you know, that's not as good as the last time. Or yeah. This time. Oh, I was, I'm waiting for this next scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't wait for, you know what I mean? Like sort of looking forward a little bit, but there was none of that. I was sitting there being like, God damn it. This is even <laughs> better than the first time. Three hours aside, are you going to go back and watch this again? Yes. I think the decision after watching it, though, was 
we'd wait for it to come out on a streaming service because like I've said, there were so many guys and the science behind all of it, I need to be able to pause it and look people up, look up what words meant, like just have a better understanding of it all because there is no hand-holding. Like there's no dumbing it down. It's not science for dummies, so. I think the watching at home is probably a good idea. Like you you're obviously lose a little bit of like the spectacle of, yes. of, you know, seeing things on the big screen, but his last movie, Tenant. So I asked you guys when we all got back, did you like it? And what did you even like? Understand? What, what, what could you even hear, let yes. alone understand? Yeah. Because this is now two movies in a row where the criticism of the criticisms of Nolan and his um the way that he mixes dialogue into the audio mix of the whole movie um this is the second one in a row where i have had some issues picking up on things yeah you know people have said this for years that that this is something that he does and and it's it's like a constant complaint i had never had a problem with it until tenant where I fully watched Tenet in theaters being like, I don't think I understood a word that people said okay. because I could not hear them. Yeah. I then came home, uh, like, you know, six months later or whatever, and watched Tenant on TV where I could control the volume. And I was like, oh, that is better. Like, when I can control the volume, yeah, that is definitely a better experience because now I understand what people are actually saying. I can hear them. Tenant, or sorry, not Tenant, um, Oppenheimer... The first time through, there were definitely moments where I was like, fully didn't hear a word in that yeah. whole conversation. But I think because it's it's more understandable where the story is headed, you can kind of still put pieces together. Whereas because Tenant is so new and it's there's so many new um, phrases and ideas and things like that with the reverse entropy and whatnot... You, you need to know what they're actually saying, what they're saying yeah. to follow along. Whereas with Oppenheimer, there were definitely moments that I could not hear certain things and certain lines of dialogue, but I still always knew where they were going. Yeah, that's So fair. I could still put things in place. But I think, yeah, I think a watch at home where you can control the volume will, will certainly help at least keep faces and names and things like that in order because you'll sort of be like, oh, that is that person's name. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say even going into the movie, obviously we had talked about it, so I had kind of your views or things you had talked about a little bit, but I had also gone on and done a bit of a research or a bit of a search of kind of just like, uh, who's who in Oppenheimer and like, what are the 10 things you need to know and stuff. And I think that kind of helped maybe a little bit because then at least some of the faces, I was like, well, I saw you on my list or whatever, so. I think it is good too, though, like, I was sort of saying that the chunk of the book that I've finished now really helped me out on the second time through because it gave me a really comprehensive understanding of this time in history because we don't really talk about it because the Second World War happened so quickly, you know, yeah. during and after the events of most of Oppenheimer. Um, like that just like consumes everything. So we don't really talk about sort of the 10 years before that, unless we're talking about the fact that it was the depression. You know what I mean? Like, so we don't really get into sort of some of the political history that was going on. And I think just like a little bit of reading beforehand or, or after to sort of straighten things out. Like yeah. 
will certainly help you and make you enjoy the movie more. I know that's kind of like getting homework for a movie, but but I think it will. I don't know. It does a good job of portraying all these events. So you need to understand what these events are. Yeah. And I I would agree with that. I think a tiny bit beforehand, I wish I had done maybe a little bit more just on kind of dates because obviously, you know, the rough time that this is all happening, but it would have been nice to know, okay, well, you went to Europe in whatever year. Well, he was there 15 years before he came back and stuff like that because it's hard to guess because they don't do any dates, you could be like, well, this all happened in one year, right? Right. Like, there, like, there, so. are, there are lines of dialogue. There's no dates, but there are lines of dialogue to sort of be like, there's, there, some time has been passing yeah. here. And like, to, to your point about the non-hand-holding thing, like, you do need to be paying attention because like, a character in the background will be pregnant in one scene and then not pregnant in the next. And you're sort of like, oh, okay, so they've had their baby. Yeah. And like, you know, months have passed here, but there's no immediate indication of like you know we're jumping ahead a little bit so yeah i think i think uh i will be watching it a third time (laughs) yeah yeah when in theaters or no no probably not in theaters because i don't have any free passes left oh but um yeah i it it will be it will be something that i'm definitely going to revisit as i read more of this book um i'm about 25 percent through 25 percent of the way through so I have quite a ways to go. I was, yeah. talk, I was talking to our cousin this morning uh-huh. and he, he sent me a message sort of being like, you didn't say that the book was 700 pages long oh my God. and small print. Oh and God. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like I didn't think anyone else would be crazy enough to do what I'm doing, but like, fair enough. Sure. So yeah, uh, as, as I finish more of the book, I'm definitely going to be watching, going back and watching again. Yeah. Should okay. We, should we move on though? Yeah. So let's move on to this week. So we are Something going- a lot cheerier. Yes, a little, a little brighter, a little happier in some ways, but we are going back to November 9th, 2001, and we are going to talk about Legally Blonde. So my first question yep. to you, yep. you picked this. Well, I picked most of the movies. <laughs> I think I've suggested three or four different lists and all of those lists end up getting lost. I got I to be honest with you. I do legitimately lose those lists and then forget what you said. So then I'm sort of just like, well, like, let's, let's do let's something. Do this. Let's do something interesting. Okay. Let's do something different. So why did Legally Blonde jump out to you to do? Well, because like it was a big deal and continues to be a big deal. And I think post Barbie, there was something in my head of like, you know, not to take away from Barbie at all. Yeah. But there was something in my head of like, I think I've watched a movie That's like about <laughs> a, you know, very attractive blonde woman decked out in pink all the time who like goes on a journey to realize that she's like a lot more, she's a lot more intelligent. She's a lot more uh, responsible. She's a lot more capable than like her previous life had led her to believe. And I was like, I think that like, I think I've seen that movie before. <laughs> okay. And, and. I was like, I think I liked that movie before. And so I was sort of like, well, like, let's go back. Let's watch it and see if my thoughts of Legally Blonde continue to be positive. Okay. Can you remember the first time you watched it? No. No? No. no. Like, I have no memory the first time I watched this at all. Like, it was probably, it was, it could have been at a, like, a sleepover party I like I don't I don't I don't I have no idea. Was, I'm kind it, of making it up. I'm, I'm I, It probably was not on your own. 
is what you're no, thinking. No, no, like I it would have been in a group with friends. It probably would have been in a group with friends. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I'm probably making up the sleepover. I don't know how many sleepover <laughs> parties I actually had in my life, but um, yeah, it definitely would have been with like a group of people. I don't think it was in theaters, so it definitely would have been a Friday night rental. A Friday night rental. Um, but yeah, I don't think it would have been on my own. Okay. See, I don't necessarily remember the first time watching it, but I have memories of watching it in the 2000s. I took a law course in high school. And when I would have to make up my study notes or anything like that for my exam, I always put this on. This was like my like helpful study guide. You took a law course in high school? Yeah, I took two. Grade 11 and grade 12 law. Why the fuck didn't I take that? <laughs> Did you not? I took grade 11 and grade 12 accounting. Oh God, that sounds like awful. So boring. I would have loved law. I would have fucking crushed law. <laughs> Yeah, no, we did law. We got to go to the courthouse and actually try, like, do our trial course. Like, or, uh, like Al Woods here? Yeah. A horribly inexperienced person? Yeah. Okay. We'll, it was get us, to, we'll get to that. It was us versus another school. Um, oh, so it was like, okay. Yeah. And so we oh got to go. God, yeah. That sounds incredible. Why didn't I take this? I don't know. It must have been offered in your I years because no I think the teacher who did it for us had been around Mary's for a couple of years. So he definitely was doing it and you just missed it. I would have loved that. Oh my God. Have I ever told you that I like very almost wrote the LSATs once? I was, so a subsequent question at some point was going to be, did you ever want to be a lawyer? Because you're very good at arguing your point and even sometimes playing that devil's advocate. I think very good at arguing the point is just like, I don't stop arguing (laughs) until everyone in the room just agrees and gives up. And then they just give up. Like I just have... I have that, I don't even want to say perseverance, but it's just like... I Annoyance? Yeah. Like, I will not stop until you just agree. And then I could sit there and be like, okay, good. Um, you, you might not actually agree, but you've agreed to shut me up, so... Yeah. I think there were certainly parts in my life, probably after watching certain movies, like, I think the whole lawyer courtroom trial type movie is like a really, really easy sort of... Um, box to make a movie out of yeah because it does mean that like your a-list star actor gets to make like big monologues which they love doing you know what i mean so like yeah it did like you know at this time we were getting a lot of these types of movies because people like reese witherspoon were just like yeah give me five minutes to make a closing argument and I'll just crush it. And you know what I mean? So I think after watching certain movies like this, there were definitely parts in my life where I was like, yeah, I think I I'd can do it. Crush being a lawyer. <laughs> I don't think I ever wanted to be like a trial lawyer or anything. I think I would want to have been like maybe like an entertainment lawyer or like a lawyer for like a sports team or something like oh, that. You okay. know what I mean? But like not like that. I don't think I ever had the desire to like stand up in court and be like, my client's innocent. Oh, okay. I don't think like that, def- defend that, anybody? No, like that. That never, that never appealed to me, but like being a lawyer, I think the thing that appealed to me was probably like, they make a lot of money. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that looks good. That's, that's why I took the accounting courses because. Because you thought it would help you. Well, the, you know, the richest family member in our our family is an accountant or was an accountant. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I took it for two years. And after like the first two weeks, I was like, this sucks. And I took it for two years. <laughs> and, then didn't, and then it didn't do any accounting in university. No, no, because I hate numbers. 
So I was like, I don't know. You went, you went on to do the study of people, right? Yeah, That's what sociology well, is. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. People at work ask me all the time what sociology is, and I tell them I don't know. But um, yeah, God, I'm still reeling over this law class stuff. I would have been so much better. How did, like, I guess I just never talked to you in university or in high school that I was doing it. Like, I don't know how you're only now just learning this. Well, yeah, so. like. I would have been in university. I would have had bigger things, bigger fish to fry at that point. What did you think of Legally Blonde? In your review on Letterboxd, you, like, didn't say anything. Oh, well, yeah, I think that's mostly because... You did the top five courtroom Yeah, scenes. and even that is, like, me trying to be a little funny, yeah. having this at number one. Um, I think that's mostly because the last time I saw a movie in this style, in this genre... And posted it to Letterboxd. People on Letterboxd were like, are you okay? <laughs> and so I, like, when I posted this one, I was sort of like, I need to let them know that this is, like, mostly a joke. Okay. Um, but I really like it. I think Legally Blonde's a really good and fun movie. I think the first 30, 40 minutes aren't great. But after that, after it stops being about her trying to get the boyfriend back. Yes. And, and starts to be about um, Elle being like, I'm going to prove to everyone that I deserve to be here and I can be a lawyer. That's when the movie gets really good. Yes. Um, and like, still is ridiculous, still is, you know, over the top. But at that point, the movie does shift from being a like, okay, there were hundreds of this movie and they all kind of suck and nobody talks about them anymore. But there's only like one of this movie and that's when it gets good. Anything you didn't like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well you want to get into it now like <laughs> do you this... want to talk about more things that you did like before we get into the didn't like or well like we can go back and forth that's fine <laughs> i think it might be sacrilege to say but like i absolutely hate the bend and snap scene oh do you <laughs> i think it is the stupidest scene like i have no idea why it's in there like until that moment i'm like this this movie's pretty fucking good and like you can put this on whenever and kind of enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty light and it's pretty fun. And then all of a sudden this stupid fucking scene comes on where, like, if anyone ever did that to attract me, I'd be like, are you are you okay? <laughs> it like, wouldn't work on you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because it's so unnatural. And then, like, the way that they like, snap up and they're just like, yeah, good job. And, like, Reese Witherspoon just being like, no, you do it. And she's like, these people have lives? Like... Not anymore. They're not just they're not just play things for you to point to and be like, yeah, you do it. You, you know, in here before your big meeting down the street, you do the better snap. Like, what is going on? And then like a dance scene breaks out, and it's sort of, I don't get it at all. But then and then it comes back. Oh, the it's, Paulette it's, character does it later and breaks the guy's nose. Yeah. Like. So like, I, I, it's a more intelligent movie than I think people would ever give it credit for. Yes. But that is like a very dumb scene. Oh, yes. A very I, dumb scene. I would scene. agree. I wouldn't necessarily say dumb. I think it's just a silly, fun scene. Like, it's supposed to say, like, show, like, her mom taught her that. Yeah. Her mom taught that uh, to her as a teenager. So her mom, when Elle Woods was a teenager, was just like, you are not going to amount to anything. I need to teach you how to get a guy and... By sticking your ass out and then sticking your boobs out. That's what will do it. <laughs> Are you going to try and like intellectualize Legally Blonde <laughs> into this like traumatic story of Elle's, you know, upbringing? Uh, maybe. Okay. It might work out that okay. way. Who knows? Okay. Um, I think like to go back to things that I do love, 
I just think Reese Witherspoon is like infinitely watchable. Every movie she's ever in, I'm always happy. She's kind of great. Yeah. In mostly everything I've ever seen. Like even the movies where I'm like, this sucks and this is not good. I'm sort of like, well, she's good. Like, yeah. like there's something, I don't know. There's this like natural charm and charisma that's going on. Um, I just watched a movie called Freeway, which is kind of like a spin on Little Red Riding Hood, where she plays Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, okay. Um, but she is very much not, like this is before she really became like America's sweetheart. Yeah. Um, like this is before Cruel Intentions and things like that. And so, like, at that stage in her career, like, I think she was still sort of figuring out, like, what kind of career do I want? And so she was taking on, like, really strange roles where sort of, like, I'm kind of glad that she never did this again, but, like, I'm happy that she tried it once. And Freeway was a little bit like that, where she plays this, like, really rough, sort of inner city, hypersexualized young woman. And she's, like kills people and she's like (laughs) swearing and murdering and all this sort of shit and i was sort of like yeah this doesn't really work and i'm like kind of glad that her career didn't go down this path and she didn't make more gritty movies like this but then i was still watching it being like she's pretty fucking great at it though like it's still pretty good so i think yeah I, i just don't know if she can really do a big misfire no and i think like you said I would kind of thinking back to some of her roles now, she has not necessarily put herself in a box, but like she has like her thing, which is kind of the American sweetheart, like girl next door ish type role. And she's good at that. So like, just keep doing that. Well, like I, so I've kind of dropped off despite everything I just said about her. I've (laughs) kind of dropped off in recent years because she now mostly makes TV. Yes. Which like, I'm not not your, not your thing. I'm not watching. Like, yeah. you know, I watched the first season of uh, Big Little Lies. I didn't watch the second one. I haven't watched anything of this morning TV show one that she does. Oh, the first season's um, not bad. I'm not a fan of the second season, but first season's not like, bad. I'm, I'd, I'd much rather watch a movie. four or five movies in the same time that it would yeah. take me to watch the season. But um, I think the thing with the Big Little Lies, and like you can kind of correct me on, on the morning show one, but... She kind of plays a not nice person on Big Little Lies, but she plays them in a way that you still love her. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where her career has gone, where it's sort of like, she she will take on challenging, different, you know, unlikable characters. Like, we, we talked a little while ago, not, not officially on the podcast, but I brought up that movie Wild. Yes. Um, where it's basically just her. And, like... She's not the nicest person to like spend two hours with in that movie, but the, there's always something in the character where you're sort of like, but that's great. Like I, you know, I admire that or I like that or like that's, that's funny. And like, to me, there's like a little bit of maybe a softer version of the like Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Where it's sort of like, I know I'm not supposed to like this person. But it's Reese Witherspoon, so I kind of do. Yeah, you're going to anyways. You kind of like them anyways. And so I find that like that's kind of where her career has gone a little bit. But like this, I think, is like the first example of her kind of throwing her professional weight around a little bit to sort of be like, I'm going to tell the story that I want in the manner that I want to tell it in. I'm going to be the star. I'm, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all these things where like that's what she does now. Like she produces everything she makes so that she has 
more or less total control over everything. Yeah, and I, I think this is the first time she did that. Yeah, so when I was watching it, I was obviously watching with mom, um, and she was kind of asking me like, was this her first big role? and stuff and I was like oh I think so but I think for me this would have been the first one I would have seen her yeah, in and so yeah, like it for yeah, me it was yeah but looking back like she had been doing 10 years oh, worth yeah. of work oh yeah leading up to this and I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh no like she was kind of around she was like she was a pretty known quantity by this point but I think that's what I was getting at where it's like by this stage she had the power to sort of be like I'm calling the shots on this yeah. one and like you know Legally Blonde has like endured for 20 plus years now we've had sequels i think we've had stage adaptations yeah yeah we have it as a musical you know what i mean like it has completely endured and i think like she just called her shot on this one and like she hit a home run like yeah she crushed it the thing i love about this one and the sequel she wrote into her contract that she got all the clothes so she got to keep her whole wardrobe i'm gonna say right now the clothes are pretty awful like (laughs) the fashion of this era not great um so i i doubt that she's like still popping those things on Um, no so she when it just celebrated its uh 30th no 20th anniversary uh, a couple years ago she actually had some of the pieces and put them back on sure as like a yeah 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 yeah. but that's like as the anniversary i don't think she's like wearing it on a wednesday night to dinner no but she there's a tv show or a netflix show and they go in and they organize her closet and you get to see some of the pieces. And, like, she's kept a lot of them. She's kept all of the shoes because all the shoes would be really good shoes. I guess so. Right? Like, so. I wouldn't know. I'm a straight man. I only see them as <laughs> a pink, black. <laughs> pink shoes, black shoes, white shoes. I you don't could, know. You couldn't tell that they were last season Pradas? No, no I, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Do we want to talk about, oh, I'm blanking on what his actual name is. Warren? Oh, he just sucks. Like. <laughs> He like he's a nothing character, and the actor who plays him doesn't like give him any life. Maybe like maybe that's what he was directed to do. Two. So because, like I was saying, he's kind of only important for the first thirty minutes of the movie, and then he becomes very unimportant once Elle starts to be like, "No, I can do this shit," and and her focus shifts from trying to get him back to just being like, "I'm just gonna be a good lawyer," and so then he like. I think he has like one line, two lines of dialogue in like the entire last hour of the movie. And so like that stage, I was like, good, like get him out of here. Get him out of here. This guy <laughs> sucks. The one that like I'm, I'm bummed about or whatever. And she kind of gets a little redemption at the end is like, Selma Blair is always the like frumpy, unattractive yes. best friend. And it's like, <laughs> she's beautiful, but <laughs> like she always plays that character. And so like when she popped up here, I was sort of like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Like Samuel Blair, yep. Um, but yeah, she she kind of she turns a corner and 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 she she comes good by the end. So yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, is it Warren Warren Warner? Warren Warren Warren. Yeah, like I don't know. Like, you can't. You've already forgotten his name. He just sucks. And like the whole breakup scene at the beginning of the movie, where it's like he takes her out to a really fancy dinner to be like, yeah, we're breaking up. It's sort of like, would you ever huh? break up like with a person like that? No, like. <laughs> You know, if you break up with somebody, I'm not going to spend more money <laughs> on on that relationship as I'm breaking up with them. Like, that's not going to happen. But like, I don't, like, I don't know. His whole thing about being like, it's it's obviously there's like jokes in here for the movie because she's blonde and all that sort of shit. But like, 
the whole thing about being like, I need a, I need a Jackie, not a Marilyn. Marilyn. It's sort of like, do you though? Because like, eventually you're going to turn around and get a Marilyn in like 20 years. Yeah. Because that's what happens with all these guys. And so like, I don't know, like his, his character just, I'd never, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get what he, he's bringing to the table that L is going to like change her life to get him back. But I guess if he's the good looking guy with money, like, I and I think know. that's what it is. Cause all the sorority girls. Yeah. Are, love yeah. Him, yeah. Right? Like, there's obviously a sorority and frat thing going on in the first 10, 15 minutes that like, I don't know anything about, but him as a character is like, nah, like once she finds Luke Wilson, I'm like, this is the guy, this <laughs> that's, is the that's guy. That's who you want over this there. This <laughs> is the guy, the guy who stars in the Wes Anderson movies. That's the one that you want. So yeah. But like I said, like the movie, I think it was obviously built in to the story or whatever, but the movie very wisely is sort of like, he is the reason that she goes, but he's not the reason that she stays. No. And, and I'm like, that's a really good move because if the whole movie had been her versus Vivian for the right to get Warner, like this movie would have sucked. And I don't think it would have lasted. No. Like, I don't think we no. would still be. No, not at all. Talking about it. No, um, no, no, so, not at all. Because like. All. Just talking about the switch in the movie, like that montage, her like transformation montage scene. I love it. Every time. I love the music that they have going. I love that it starts off with her in a bunny costume in a store yeah. buying a laptop. <laughs> like I did forget the bunny. Like, I don't know how I could have, but I did forget the bunny. So when she showed up, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> my God. Um, but yeah, like there is... There's a, so this is a bit of a wild tangent. Okay. But this is where my mind went the other night when I was watching all these, this movie and stuff like that. So we've been watching The Bear. You've been watching The Bear and I've kind of been watching with you guys. Yeah. Rewatching it. Rewatching with, with yeah. you guys. In season two, the character that I like really grew to love was Richie. Yes. And especially in his dedicated episode where you clearly see like, oh, he, like he is intelligent. He's, he, he get like... He can fully do this and he can get it. You just need to like break it down into his language and then he can buy in and then he can run with it in his own sort of way. But he'll more, you know what I mean? Like it'll yeah. be, it'll be good. And watching L in this movie, I was sort of like, it's a little similar where it's like, she's clearly quite intelligent and she has like incredible people skills and things like that. You know what I mean? Like she's bringing things to the table. She's just been put into an environment that she's never been in before. And so there is that adjustment period. But like when she decides to be like, no, I'm going to fucking do this. I was like, yeah, I believe it. Like yeah. she got into Harvard in the first place. Now we'll get to that point because <laughs> it's maybe my biggest nitpick in the entire movie, but we'll get there. But like she's clearly an intelligent person. She's just never been asked to be an intelligent person. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And that's that's the thing, right? And so... Her mom's line of, well, you won Miss Hawaiian Tropic... Yeah, whatever it is. Sweetheart or yeah. whatever it was. Why are you going to throw that away? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. To go to Harvard. To go to Harvard. Like, <laughs> dream bigger for your kid. Yeah. Dream bigger. Yeah. You already brought up the fact that I had this included in my top five courtroom scenes ever. Yes. Let's just break down the whole... The whole trial, the whole okay. court case, because it more or less is the last, like the second hour of the movie yeah. is more or less dedicated to the entire, to this case. So I thought it was like <laughs> both so flimsy, but like wildly entertaining. 
and I think that's maybe of the, the whole case. Well, like or... yeah, like the whole case and okay. like the way it's depicted and like it's like I don't think in real life a case like this would ever get as far as it has gotten uh, because there's like one witness and no murder weapon and two witnesses, like, two witnesses, but like no murder weapon, nope. no actual evidence, no you know motive, no anything, but you know this fitness influencer has been put on trial. Um, the other part that I didn't really understand was that like, maybe I'm just wrong, but I thought they lived in like Los Angeles, uh, but the trial is taking place in Boston. And I sort of like, why? I don't. Cause that's where Harvard is. Yeah. But like, why is she standing trial for a murder that happened in California in Boston? I don't think that that's how that works. I think, oh, I think oh you were talking about like the couple that like yeah the, like they definitely uh, live in los angeles because l takes her no classes but that could just be like a traveling class i guess the bro- so. brooke I'm the fitness say, person i'm gonna say right now as a fitness influencer i think she lives in los angeles Not i don't boston. think she lives in boston <laughs> boston's a nice city i don't want to take anything away from boston i don't think she's spending her time in boston okay yeah but yeah, I just think like, you know, in keeping with this movie, I think it's both like so bad, but also kind of great at the same time. I would agree. Do you, did you think Brooke did it? Did you have a guess on who? No, of course Brooke didn't do did it. She's blonde. Why would she do it? She has endorphins from exercising. Endorphins make you happy and happy people don't shoot other people. <laughs> don't kill their husbands. No. Look at all the quotes we can still pull from this movie. Like, oh, I love it. What else did you want to talk about the courtroom? Well, okay. So I think it does an okay job of depicting how it must feel to be a defendant when you know that your lawyer doesn't believe you. Yeah. I think it does it actually a pretty okay at showing like, yeah, that would suck. And like, you know, Brooke's not a happy person because her lawyer like fully believes that she is guilty. And like, it's not that he's not mounting a defense but it is sort of like yeah like you kind of want the person to believe you you kind of want them to believe you (laughs) and i think like you can kind of see it's sort of like yeah it would fucking really sort of like put you through the ringer to sort of be like the one person in the world who i need to believe me probably doesn't would you ever fire your lawyer though and take on a first year student to defend you if they (laughs) trusted you if my first year student within 10 minutes of taking over my case can get a confession, <laughs> a full confession from the suspect, from the, again, sorry, not even the suspect, from a witness on the stand to say that not only did they kill their father, but they were trying to kill my client, or I guess it would be me. Yeah. Um, if my first year student could do that, absolutely, I would take the first year. Now, <laughs> do I think a first year student could do that? No. No. I don't think that could happen. No. But... I think, like, I fired up this scene before on YouTube. Like, it's come across on things, and you're sort of like, fuck yeah, I'll watch three minutes to learn about perm maintenance. Why not? Because it is, like, so ridiculous that it is really funny. I think for me, one of the things I love about the movie is, apart from when Al first gets to Harvard and tries to be something she's not, for the most part, she is who she is. Oh, yeah. And, like, doesn't really apologize for it. And, like you've said, just has this knowledge that she's able then to pull on that then, like, in this case, helps her win the case. Like, I just 
love that. Like, it kind of is just, you be you and you'll be okay in life. I think like, so. Like, well, that's, that's obviously, like, more or less the 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 message here, right? Is, yeah. like, just be yourself. Find things that you are good at and, you know, bring your own uniqueness yeah. to the table. And, you know, things will probably work out. Now, do I think people should go and start being lawyers and, you know, with a background in, in hair care? Uh, fashion, I, fashion merchandising, Fashion please. merchandising and, like, you know, things like that. I don't know if that's going to work out for everybody, um, but it's a pretty good movie moment when the light bulb clicks and she's like, oh, she had a perm that day and then she went home for a shower. Well, that couldn't have happened. And it's just such a quick, yeah. like, catch. Yeah. Um, I do. There's one very quick shot of the opposing lawyer where you could see on her face being like, oh, this is going down the drain really quickly. But I don't understand how <laughs> this happened. Uh, like, I don't understand how it happened. I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. Like, like she doesn't even know what to object to because she does, she clearly has no idea what they're talking about. And it's sort of like, that's it's a pretty funny, like, insert shot. Where I'm sort of like, oh, that's pretty good direction to be like to catch that moment. There are there are other things too where it's like after she gets the confession and everybody in the room starts saying like, oh my god, oh my god, and then it cuts to Luke Wilson and he just smiles as if he was about <laughs> to say oh my god, but then they cut away and sort of like, I think you would want him to say it as well. Like it's a little awkward that he doesn't say it, but maybe, they cut like, they cut to the judge who is there yeah. being like. Oh my God, this yeah. first year's done it. He, I guess he always believed in her. So he, did. he, he wasn't that surprised. But yeah, the, there are a few things about the trial that don't hold up all that well. Okay. Um, you know, the depiction of the homosexual pool boy <laughs> in his like completely crazy attire. And then the whole thing with, with the boyfriend in the in the gallery. Where I just like, okay, like... And him catching him in his lie, though. Well, yes, it's... yes, like, yes, again. But, but yeah, there's, there's certainly moments like that where I'm sort of like, okay, if we were redoing this now, that, that's not making it in. No. But I but I think, you know, for the most part, it's pretty fun. It's a pretty fun court case. And, like, I don't know if I just don't watch comedy courtroom scenes or courtroom movies, but, like, most of them tend to be, like, really dramatic and... It's kind of just nice to sort of be like, oh, no, this is a like, funny one. It's like, it reminded me of like My Cousin Vinny. Did you, have you ever seen I've it? I've never seen it. Okay. You might enjoy it. My Cousin Vinny is kind of like a halfway point between like a few good men and Legally Blonde. Also, I've never seen it. But... Okay. But, but you know. I, I know. Yes. yes. There's like nothing funny in A Few Good Men. Like there's a couple jokes, but it's like deadly serious. This is obviously all comedy. Yeah. Um. My Cousin Vinny is like sort of splits that that okay. difference of like it is guys, you know, I guess Brooke is up for murder, but it is like two guys up for murder and, you know, they're kind of being scapegoated by this small community. And then Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei come in as outsiders and sort of like blow things up uh, in the courtroom. And it's just like quite funny. And like the big reveals in the courtroom are meant to be jokes and laughs and things like that. And so it, it reminded me a lot of that. Um, so we've kind of talked about her a little bit. Other great female leads? Other, like, we, we both agree we love Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. So who else do you have on your list of Does either... Like, like, characters or, like, actors? Actors, characters, okay. movies, like... Okay, well, like, we've we've already had episodes on Kill Bill. 
yeah. and Pride and Prejudice. I think both of those female lead characters, um, the bride and and Elizabeth Bennet, are like up there, way up there. Okay, way up there. You probably haven't seen Fargo. I have not. Okay, well, Frances McDormand, who's like wonderful. I know. Yes, in real life, like just unbelievable lady, <laughs> unbelievable lady. Uh, she plays Marge Gunderson. Uh, she's like um, a small town cop in yeah. Fargo. And she just crushes that movie. Okay. Like, she is so fucking good. Jackie Brown is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And that starts Pam Greer. And she's she's obviously Jackie Brown. Um, so like that's, you know, it's my favorite Tarantino movie. So that's going to be way up there. I kind of think, have you ever seen League of Their Own? The baseball movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah actually. Just like last year. Okay, well, so, like, because of what they were doing the TV show on it? No, I had watched a documentary oh, okay. about... The, the all-female baseball league? Um, Not even that. It was a documentary about one woman who was in the league. Oh, okay. Um, And talking about how she found her partner in the league oh, as okay. well. Okay. And so then I was like, oh, then want, watch the movie, so... Well, I, I think A League of Their Own is like a top three sports movie ever. Really? Like, yeah, it is wonderful okay it's a wonderful movie like i think it's i think it's i think near perfect sports movie is one thing that we haven't quite covered yet in our podcast that i think we need to yeah i guess we could probably get there i don't know it just brings up the fact that there's no good soccer movies um so yeah like a league of their own like that's all like that's gina davis and um well i'm blanking well it's obviously madonna and rosie o'donnell and things like that and then to go to go back as you know, is my style to go back to like the French new wave. Um, there's uh, Jean Moreau and Anna Karina who are like in a ton of French new wave movies. And like every time I put them on, I'm like, these are two of the most beautiful best actresses ever. Like they're so watchable. And like, they are sometimes used as like mouthpieces for the male directors. Like okay. I don't necessarily believe or endorse all of Jean-Luc Godard's political beliefs. But, like, Anna Karina as a actor and as a screen presence, we haven't gotten much better than this. So, yeah, those would be some. Who am I missing? Who do you got? I would argue she's the female lead in the series. But, like, Emma Watson. Love Emma Watson. Sure. And yeah, Hermione yeah, yeah. and okay. things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would love her. Hunger Games, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Have you seen her new movie? Have you have you care about that new movie at all? No hard feelings. No, I have not seen it yet. Um, I thought you were talking about Causeway, but I guess that would be last year. That was last year. She was pretty good in Causeway, actually. That was her yeah. last year movie. So yeah, she was pretty good in Causeway. Um, but yeah, they were probably some of mine. Um, partly because they're about my age, right, right? So like, it's kind of nice that in some way I've kind of grown up with them in a little bit. Um, well, we, we, we got a lot of those sort of YA, um, not even like, I guess those are dystopian, like hunger games and whatnot are dystopias, but like just YA was like a real genre there for a little while. And a lot of that is like female character. Yeah. Which like, I don't, maybe I'm just blanking on like the male YA, but it, it really felt like young adult was very much directed at young women, not necessarily young men. I think there would be... I guess the young men is probably like Marvel. Yeah. So I guess for the men though, like there might have been the books, but they just never got turned into the, in movies, the movies. 
right? Like these are the movies that right. then were in such a way like Legally Blonde was a way to portray to girls and women like you can do what you want to do right? and get far in life. So like I'm thinking of Hunger Games right now, like Katniss volunteering for her sister going and creating this rebellion and all of that, like... Just kind of showing that women, women are strong too, and I, we I, and we can be seen. <laughs> I dipped out after the first movie. I wasn't watching any more <laughs> Hunger Games. But are you like at all interested in this new Hunger Games coming up? I kind of wish they hadn't done it. Oh, I've okay. read the book. Yeah. Um, I, I read think, the book, I but I just think it doesn't look very good. No, and I think I, I, like, I'm I'm obviously not the target audience. No. So like that's fair enough. But I've seen the trailer now a couple times, and I've seen a couple trailers now a couple times, and it's sort of like. There's just nothing in this that appeals to me at all. Well, and I think when we talked about it, I think we've actually talked about it on the podcast when we talked about kind of movies coming out this year. And I was giving you a bit of the backstory on it. It is a villain's origin story. Right. Which just like... Kind of boring. Yeah. So. But what else about... Villains are good when we don't know anything about them. Yeah. And they're just the villain. Yeah. So. Whatever. Okay. What else about Legally Blonde do you want to talk about? You had some nitpicks. Okay. Do we well, want like, to get to those? Like the obvious nitpick is that she's a first year law student and she gets to run a murder case, <laughs> a murder trial. But like, whatever, we'll put that aside. There's obviously something in the book that says that's allowed. Uh, apparently that's only, they reworked the wording, but it's for third year students. If you're a third year student, okay. you could do it. Makes more so. sense because you're graduating your third year. You're basically a lawyer. <laughs> um, I'll put that aside. This is like a silly movie. I'll put it aside. My biggest bone to pick with this entire movie is that Warner breaks up with her presumably around the end of the school year. Yeah. Because he, you know, he's finishing school. He's going to go home. Then he's going to go to Harvard. Elle comes up with the plan to apply to Harvard, write her LSATs, make an admissions video, and she gets accepted before the the school school semester starts in September. Yes. So fucking Harvard Law School, I think there's a wait list. Like, I don't think come August, there is still a panel of people sitting around a television set being like, yeah, we could probably let the fashion major in. I don't think that's happening. So, like, I'm not saying this would have been good or bad for the movie, but, like, just wait a year. Make, oh, okay. make Warner a second year student who is now engaged. Because the other thing is that he goes home and gets engaged to Vivian within yeah. weeks and it's sort of like if you make him a second year you can still have vivian as the first year so that there's still that little bit of l versus vivian in kind the first competition in the yeah. first 30 minutes but a you get warner out of the picture way earlier because he's not in the classroom scenes now i understand that there are certain scenes where she gets to show him up in the classroom and yeah. it's sort of like okay that's that's cool you'd have to rework some of that stuff but if you make him a second year it means that the timeline of things does kind of slot a little bit better of like, she had to wait a whole year to get there and she can still have the, the rivalry with Vivian and Warner's more or less out of the picture because he's not in the classroom. Like it's a win-win all across the board. But do you think she would still be wanting him and wanting to go to law school a year later? Well, I th- okay. Not to sort of be like, it would make her motivation better or not, but if she had Oh, if she had a whole year where the goal was to get Warner back. Yeah. 
And then she made the switch to be like, no, now the motivation is to show these fucking bastards that I'm the greatest lawyer of all time. That would be way cooler. Okay. To sort of be like, oh, like she thought this was the big deal. The big deal was getting Warner back. And she had to wait to even try to do it. And now she's flipping the switch to this other thing that's way better and way cooler. Instead of just being like, yeah, she like missed him for eight weeks. And then saw him on campus for a couple of days and then was just like, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if that makes the movie better, but I was just watching it being like, there's no fucking way <laughs> she's getting into Harvard law. Especially when we find out that Warner was waitlisted. Yes. So there obviously is a waitlist. So I just don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. Am I crazy to think that though? Am I crazy to fixate on these small details? So the part I thought you were going to fixate on her getting in was that she hired a Coppola to do her admissions video. That's what I thought you were going to oh, pick up. I, I didn't see this. Oh, you missed that yeah, line? Yeah. So she hired a Coppola. What Coppola? That what is going to be my question to you. Off the little snippet of her admission video that you saw, who was directing that? Who do you Wait, think? Wait, how do you know she hired a Coppola if it doesn't tell you she hired a Coppola? Because she says the line. I've hired, I hired a Coppola to do my admissions video. When did she say that? Well, at some point in the movie. Oh, okay. But it was enough that I actually heard it and registered. And I was like, oh my God, I now understand who Coppolas are. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to throw him under the bus a little bit. And I don't necessarily mean to. He does a lot of really wonderful work with Wes Anderson. But there's a Roman Coppola who's directed like two movies. Oh, okay. Neither of which are very good. So that it's him? like, it's probably him. <laughs> it's probably him. Um, a lot of the other Coppolas who I have like seen their work, you're sort of like, oh no, you're more talented than needing to take a college admission gig. But Roman Coppola, again, not to throw him under the bus, <laughs> does a lot of really good, wonderful work with Wes Anderson. But there is that little bit of like, yeah, I don't know if he could direct a movie. So like taking this gig early in his career you know, I think I think it, he's probably the him. one. He's probably the one. I think the movie wants you to maybe think it's Sophia, but there's no fucking or, way. She's, or Francis. Well, there's no way it's Francis. But <laughs> there, I think the movie wants you to think it's probably Sophia. But at this point, she's not taking this gig. No. No. They, they, it's about ten years too late for her. So yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's. Unfortunately, I think it's probably Roman. Any other? Uh, things the, the only the only last the only other last thing that i want to bring up and like this is purely for me but um he's credited as dorky dave i think the really big guy in her like meeting group like yeah. he's a first year as well i think he's credited as dorky dave which he like walks in with her into the court yes, room. yes yes that guy yes we love him yeah absolutely so that is oz perkins uh, he is the son of Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Okay. Um, and he has now gone on to like a pretty good career as like a low budget atmospheric horror director. Seriously? Yeah. And so, oh like, my God. Every time I watch one, because I've watched two or three of his movies now. Um, every time I watch one of his movies, I'm always sort of like, yeah, Legally Blonde. That's where the big break was. Legal, like, you know, it's still funny to me that that he was in this movie. Um, and gets slapped by Reese Witherspoon. Gets slapped by Reese Witherspoon, but <laughs> gave her the greatest night of pleasure she'd ever known. So, you know, I think I, I would take that trade off. But, um, yeah, like, I think it's just funny that, like, there are these kind of connections running through. And sort of, like, I don't know if she knew him or, you know, I don't know how he got the gig. But, like, yeah, he's in there. 
Because yeah. he does have like a pretty nothing part. I think maybe. Well, I don't like. I don't think three he's, lines. I don't think like, he's necessarily an actor. Uh, I don't necessarily know if he would consider himself an actor. I think he probably considers himself more of a filmmaker. But I guess at this part in his life, like this is why I'm saying is like. I wonder if they are friends. Yeah. And he was sort of just like, yeah, sure, I'll show up and do two or three days of work on your movie. Um, or if he was genuinely trying to be like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to be an actor. So I'm going to take this, you know, this is a small part I can get. I'm going to take it and then I'll move on to the next and I'll move on to the next. But yeah, like he's more or less completely moved into making movies now. Oh, that's very cool. Anything else for Legally Blonde? No, I thought you were going to kind of rip into it a little bit more so I'm it's glad, a good movie so i'm glad you didn't because it's a fun movie like it's a five out of five for me every time it's not a five out of five for me <laughs> um but like that's not to say that it's not better than your average movie and like certainly not better than your average movie from 2001 22 years later i put this on happily it, and was like that was 90 minutes well spent and i think that's what it is like you can always just put it on it's a movie you'll never be disappointed that it was on. If you find it on TV, like, it's just, ah, uh, it's so Be good. Before we go, like, we probably should talk a little bit about the sequel. Yeah. You probably I, have not seen it. I've seen it once. Oh, have I've you? I've seen it once. Okay. Um, because it's about um, animal testing. Yep. But, like, I remember just sort of being like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> red, <laughs> like, red, red, white, and blonde, I think. Yeah. I was like, this is not good. This is not good at all. And it's like, it's not not good in the same way or in a different way than this is not good at certain points. You I mean, it's sort of like they leaned into all the things about this movie that I don't like. Yeah. And they just made that the whole 90 minutes for the second one. I would agree. The second one just... I tend to watch it because I've put on the first one. Right. So I... I like to do mini marathons, like themed weekends, things like that. So if I watch the first one, I never really end up watching the second one, usually pretty close. And it's just, yeah, it kind of, I would never get the feeling to watch the second one. where it, Without where, watching the first one yeah. first? Yeah. So the thing think, I'm sad I have missed, though, is the musical. Right. So the stage. Did it come through Toronto? I think it did a couple years ago. Oh. And I just. Missed it missed it i don't know if i was in school or didn't have money or whatever but yeah i've missed that so i hope the second one was like a really nice payday for reese it probably and, was and that's like that's the reason she made the movie and like okay you know get your bag that's that's fine by me but yeah i'm never watching the second one again no so. and i think when i was kind of doing a bit of reading on it uh after my watch there's been like talks the past couple of years of doing a third one so, I don't know. I think people would be really into it. I don't... I think that's a mistake. I think it would be a mistake at this point, too. But... I think they've gone way too long. You know what I mean? Like, I think there would be, like, initial hype. And then after that first weekend, it would be like, everyone who wanted to see it has now seen it. Yeah. And, like, there's no more audience for this movie. Unless it is really good. Which, who knows? Who knows? Barbie just crossed a billion. Yep. So, that audience is not dying down. There's no. a lot of people who thought, like... That's going to be a week one thing, and then no one's going back to that at all. But, like, we were all, well, say we. I said it was going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> Everybody else was wrong on that one. Do we want to tease next week, or do you have anything else to say? Next week's movie might be the first movie that we've talked about where we both saw it in theaters. 
You, I saw it in theaters? Yes, you did. You probably have no memory of I this. I have zero memory but of we it. we so. absolutely saw this in theaters together with mom. Oh. Um, yeah, because that oh. my memory of the first time seeing it was with you guys. Oh, so, well, you can tell us the whole story then Well, next th week. that is basically is the whole the, story. Is that the story? <laughs> we went to the movies, the three of us, and we went to this movie. Um, but yeah, that that I think this will be the first one. I, I'll, I'll go back and I'll look at the movies we talked about, but I would very much... I don't, I, yeah, I don't really remember seeing a lot of movies in theaters in the 2000s. No, no. So. This was a very sort of rare-ish occasion. So, yeah, that'll be the movie we're talking about next week. Not a great tease for the movie. <laughs> they don't need to know what it is. <laughs> they don't need to know what it is. Okay, so we'll see everybody next week. We'll see you then.